Okay, hey guys, welcome to Consume, podcast by me, Bert Olivier, where I talk about all the things I consume, uh, and it's basically my journal, diary, not daily anymore, thinking about going back to the day, I like this better, I think, when I did it daily, felt better as like a product, you know? like last week's episode was only like 30 minutes and I don't think it was that great even though it was number 60 I mentioned that the the like bio or the footnotes but uh I didn't say it while I was recording which you know not that big of a milestone but it is still like a nice round number to hit and it is wild that I've been doing this for 60 weeks but anyways uh not much to report uh, this week, uh, still haven't officially started my new job working at the Nature Center. They've, uh, they sent me all the forms. It's like 17 fucking forms that I had to fill out. I have to figure out if I need to go print them or if I can fill them out online, but of course you have to do that with, like, a PDF editor, and that's annoying as shit. Um, and then I also have to go in for a physical, and they just emailed me today about when to do that, and that is going to be on the 17th next week, uh, which is like right before, because I think the, the center opens to the public on the 19th, so they're cutting it real close. I thought I was maybe going to get all that done this week, and then next week maybe have some training or something, which maybe it's a good sign if they don't think I need that much training. This job's going to be pretty chill, but a little worrisome. Feeling a little better health-wise. Still not great. It's so annoying. Being Trying to be healthy is like the most annoying fucking thing in the world. It's hard. It's expensive. I'm like fighting over 30 years of like badly ingrained habits. Just sucks. I don't like thinking about healthy meals and like what I should eat. I was like trying to look at those like meal kit things and i kind of want to try like purple carrot that's like the vegan one that seems pretty good but because i've been looking at that i keep getting ads instagram ads for stuff and i i keep getting ones for uh huel like fuel with an h human fuel and it's like says that all their shakes have everything you need and they also have like food now (laughs) like bags of like mac and cheese and like chili they're all vegan and they have like all the nutrients and like protein that you need for a complete human meal <laughs> and then it's like i kind of want to try it it feels fucking stupid it feels like soylent uh but i don't know maybe that's something i'll do that for breakfast or something right i don't fucking know but anyways on to the content consumption part of the show usually now uh for the first part for my Tuesday night recordings. I've been talking about the books I read, but I'm still catching up on all of the, uh, all the comics that I read online, that I, all the comics that I don't buy that I read because I'm obsessive about knowing everything that's happening in these fucking comic book universes. So this is another week of me reading just a lot of shit, and so I'm not gonna be able to go through, uh, things one by one and give any kind of thoughtful reviews, so this is, uh, I don't know why I'm explaining it, you've been here. Uh, it's funny, I am worried about, like, so the site that I read all this stuff on is readcomicsonline.ru so it's a russian site and i read something about i saw something about like russia is planning to like cordon off their their internet i didn't read all the details um but i'm gonna have to it's gonna fuck me up if they like take away access to the site for me maybe there's a mirror that's not in russia that i can use i'm sure there's still gonna be a way for me to download these comics i just really like the system that i've set up 
and like the interface of the site for reading on my tablet. <laughs> uh, such a stupid thing to uh, be worried about in comparison to, you know, everything that's happening to like all those poor people in Ukraine and all the Russian citizens who are going to be victims of like all of our fucking stupid sanctions and shit. Uh, everything's just a real bummer right now. Right, guys? But anyways, let's scroll through and see what I read this week. Uh, caught up on Maniaca. Maniac of New York, The Bronx is Burning. This has been a fun, uh, it's like a take on uh, Jason and that kind of slasher stuff. I still have never watched a Jason movie, Friday the 13th or whatever. But uh, so this comic is basically like the first arc, which was just Maniac of New York, was um, basically Jason in New York and like this detective. She was like a survivor of like the original like Camp Crystal Lake attacks or the summer camp attacks, whatever. I can't remember what it's called in this comic. And she's now in New York trying to like help take him down. And so they had a great first arc. And this second arc is um about the maniac and he's in the Bronx. And then he first, uh, in these issues, he was attacking a school. So it's like kind of like a school shooter kind of commentary thing. But it's also a uh, commentary on how like we handle tragedies and shit like this as a society. Because like he's been terrorizing New York and there's like he's called Harry. So there's like Harry protocols and like warnings. And the school has like a private contractor thing to like for security. So there's this whole thing where the principal's trying to call them to get help. And they keep giving them like a runaround on the phone. So like it's like a fun like corporate bureaucracy uh, commentary, you know, about how nobody actually wants to fix anything. I don't know. It's a fun comic. And then the last issue that I read ended with him arriving at, uh, Yankee Stadium. So that's gonna be fun for the next few issues to see what kind of fucked up shit he does to all those people at Yankee Stadium and, uh, if they can stop him. See, the last issue of, uh, Savage Avengers came out and I read that, uh, and that was pretty fun. It was kind of like a coda, to the whole series, so like the whatever happened in that story isn't important, but Savage Avengers as a whole was a pretty fucking sweet run. So Marvel got the rights to Conan the Barbarian back, and uh, so this is them putting Conan in like the Marvel universe. And it started out with like a team that got put together of like Conan the Punisher, Electro, Wolverine, and, like Doctor Strange. In Deadpool, I think. Maybe not Deadpool. Magic from the X-Men. She showed up at one point. But it's like them, like a sorcerer, like ends up like pissing all of them off. And they kind of like loosely team up to fight them. And the whole book is like 28 issues long. Which is about them fighting Kulan Gath, this uh, sorcerer. Uh, and it's just a really fun cool like romp of like Conan going through all corners of the Marvel Universe you know teaming up with Dr. Doom and taking over the Hellfire Club headquarters in New York he got a symbiote at one point um but yeah just a really fun run Jerry Duggan uh, was the writer so you know he's always good uh this is definitely whenever they have like a nice hardcover omnibus collection of all of this I'm gonna get it it's really fucking good caught up on a lot of Marvel's infinity comics which they're like these comics that you can only read i'm not sure which app they're on marvel Unlim unlimited i think originally in their apps they're like comics made to be read on your phone or on your tablet or whatever they just like scroll infinitely hence the infinity comic <laughs> name uh so i read a bunch of those there's like cute ones like there's ones about spider-man spider bots that are fun there's like a good eternals story that was like tied into the movie and that was fine the best one is probably the x-men infinity comic like it started out with a really good wolverine story by declan Shalvey, and then this week i caught up and i read this newest arc which was a juggernaut deadpool story by written by jerry duggan 
again. He's got a lot of stuff. I read a lot of his stuff this week that was really good. Um, so yeah, definitely recommend those in X-Men Infinity comics, especially. They're they're fun and it's a cool uh it's a cool twist on a way to read comics. They're fun. There's a bunch of other bullshit I don't feel like fully getting into. New issue of Dark Knights of Steel, the like medieval DC universe that Tom Taylor's writing. Pretty fun. Uh, Radio Spaceman, <laughs> a new uh, Mike Magnola comic that's based off of one of the sketches he did on Instagram at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, it's, you know, as weird as any Mike Magnola thing could be, but a spacesuit with a skull in it on alien planets and there's weird monsters. Uh, it's a fun time. And then uh, the last Jerry Duggan thing that I read this week, he's, uh, there's the big Devil's Reign Marvel event that's happening right now, which is mostly a Daredevil event, but you know, all the events have a bunch of fucking tie-ins, and so, uh, there's Devil's Reign X-Men by Jerry Duggan with art by Phil Noto, uh, and it's like, I guess not surprisingly, it's a great team, uh, with Duggan and Noto. Noto, I really like his art, but all of his faces look the same, uh, but anyway, so this is about the X-Men, but it's mostly about Emma Frost and Elektra and how they used to work for the Kingpin, and now that Kingpin is, like, in control of New York and he wants to fuck with the X-Men, he, like, digs up some old dirt that he had on Emma where he's, like, putting her on trial for the disappearance and possible murder of this little girl who, like, witnessed a murder that Elektra committed and Emma helped because Elektra didn't want to kill the witness so because she was just a girl, so Emma, like, helped um, Elektra, like, get her out of the states and there's like this fun part where as they're like trying to get the girl out and like wilson fist men are like trying to come up and kill her uh emma frost like reaches out mentally for help and she gets spider-man and since this book is in the past this is like black suit spider-man before he knew it was venom and so he's there and there's this really beautiful uh moment where emma frost is like wanting to uh reward spider-man for like kind of unwillingly helping them so she like looks into his mind to like see what he would want and there's a good like full page splash of like spider-man psyche and it's like his face all like divvied up and all like scenes of his past inside of it like you know uncle ben saying with great power comes great responsibility and fucking you know spider-man not like stopping the mugger and then Uncle Ben getting killed. And then the next page just has this really sweet panel of Emma Frost looking heartbroken and like saying with like small type saying like you were just a boy. Uh, it was just really nice. <laughs> I wasn't expecting uh, in this Daredevil event tie-in X-Men comic to be hit with a one of the nicest Spider-Man moments I've ever read. Uh, yeah, made me uh, made me emotional. And that was only the second of three issues of this high-end series, so I'm excited to see how that ends, and how this whole event ends. It's been really cool, just Wilson Fisk going insane, trying to, like, take over the <laughs> New York and the world, basically, all because he's mad at Daredevil for erasing his memory of who Daredevil is. But anyways, that's enough about, uh, what I've read this week. I could just go in and start talking about the movies I've watched, too, uh, but I don't want to. I'll stick to form and talk about them uh, tomorrow for me and in a second for you. Uh, so, see ya. Okay, hey guys. I'm back. It's Wednesday. I've been waiting like 
over an hour to start recording because I was ready to go at like nine ish. It's now 10 15, but my fucking landlord <laughs> and her loud ass kids have been running around, which I guess, you know, it's only 10 15, so it's not like it's super late. But it is still just so weird to me that she has this like five year old daughter that she just has running around fucking yelling. Sometimes at like midnight, like 1 a.m. It's so weird. Aren't kids supposed to go to bed early? Aren't you supposed to like make them? <laughs> Maybe you don't have to. I don't know. I also might be just being a little too precious about background noise and the sound quality, but we'll see. They're still making noise, so we'll see how much I can edit out. Yeah, but you know, today was fine. Wednesday didn't do much. Only left the house to go for a walk. I read some. I read the new Punisher number one that came out today that I bought yesterday, written by Jason Aaron. Really good. I'm really excited for this run on Punisher. It like made some weird headlines when they announced it a few months ago because it was like, oh no, they're changing the Punisher's iconic logo and they're acting like they're changing it forever because, you know, the bad press that the Punisher logo gets now because it's like association with cops and right-wing assholes. But it's just because in this story, the Punisher has joined the Hand, which are like the Marvel's League of Assassin Ninjas. And so he's joined the hand. And so now he has a cool like ninja logo. And I'm sure he'll go back to the old one eventually when this situation uh, blows up. Because it's like this old woman in the hand who like trains ninjas. She's like has recruited the Punisher because he's the, she calls him the king of killers. So she's recruited him to be her new slayer and she like loves how good the Punisher is at killing. And so they've like recruited the Punisher. He's trying to find some guy who sells weapons and nobody knows who he is all over the world. And like every night the hand like collects like a bunch of bad people, like murderers and rapists and like brings them to the frank castle's like dojo or like compound or whatever hand compound he's living in and so every and then he gets to just like behead them all like he could have his like servant ninjas do it but he decides to do it and the way that the hand has like gotten frank to help them is uh they've brought his wife back to life uh and you know the Punisher's the Punisher because his wife and kids died. And so, like, the issue ends with him, like, getting in bed with Maria, his wife, and, like, she has, like, the bullet holes, like, scars on her. So, like, maybe this actually is his wife brought back to life. Uh, maybe this is some trick that that hand woman is playing on him just to get the Punisher to help him. Who knows? I just know that somehow this is gonna fucking go south and the Punisher's gonna end up killing a bunch of ninjas and then going back to kill a mob, guys. And I'm really excited for it. It's going to be fun as shit. So yeah, that. Uh, I read a bunch of other comics today, but whatever. I don't need to talk about them. Uh, uh, I did some studying for tomorrow. I have that library test to see if I can work at the Burbank Library. And I this is the test that I took, I think, last August. God, it feels like fucking forever ago. But it's a test where it's 80 questions. And you had to get 75 to pass. And I got 72. It's only fucking three questions away. So I was trying to study for that today. There's like a study book that I got off the library, but I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. The test is until 2.30 tomorrow, so I'll do some like studying before then. But like, I don't know if it's just because I have a job now and part of me is like already like mentally built up. Imagine like what my life is going to be like working at this job. So now the thought of like shifting it feels weird and wrong or if it's just because I know this is going to be harder. I don't know. I just wasn't feeling the study. I'm still going to try tomorrow 
because I think ultimately working in a library will be better and more rewarding than uh, cleaning park bathrooms. <laughs> um, uh, but cleaning park bathrooms is definitely easier. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes tomorrow. Anyways, the movies. Let's get into that. I uh, watched like eight this week or so, and I didn't take too many notes. I don't know why. I just... When I was watching this week, I wasn't compelled to write down much, so maybe this section's gonna go by pretty quickly. Uh, first up, last Friday, um, me and Dexter went and watched The Batman, the new one that just came out, that I'm sure you know about. It's so funny, I like messaged a friend of mine uh, that me and Dexter were gonna go see The Batman, and she was just like, the, a movie? Is there a new one? Blows my mind. I don't know how you could exist in America today and not know about this. I feel like everyone has been talking about it and I see billboards and shit everywhere and ads on everything. But I guess it just goes to show like how strong these like bubbles we create for ourselves are. And I guess I do live in LA where there are movie billboards everywhere. But yeah, so we've scoured for a, we wanted to go on opening day just to avoid spoilers if we could and found a showing in Southgate at the Regal there. It was the 10.45 a.m. showing. There was only, there ended up only being like six other people in the theater, uh, which was nice. And uh, it, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't want to get into like uh, spoilers because it is so new. And I know a lot of people probably aren't going out to see it right away because it is three hours long. And I think it's going to be on HBO Max like next month. I think like their thing is like 46 days after release date, it'll go up. That's like the standard. So if they keep to it, you should be able to watch this in the comfort of your own home uh, next month. And I think you should. It's just a, it's a really fucking solid Batman movie. There's really not much to spoil. It's like Batman fights the Riddler. What do you think's going to fucking happen? Um, but you know, it's a good mystery. It's nice to have this Batman, Robert Pattinson fucking, he kills it as Batman. He gets the vibe right. His Bruce Wayne is like a little whatever, but he really is just Batman throughout the whole thing. This is, I saw that this is the first Batman movie where Batman doesn't have to wear a tuxedo and go to like a gala event. Uh, so that's fun. But yeah, he just like got the vibe right. He looked great. His action was really cool. Uh, his Batman suit fucking ruled. The Batmobile was sick. It was just, it was nice to see. And this Batman does like a lot of detective work <laughs> in this. It's not like mind-blowing detective work but it's still detective work and he also like helps citizens in the movie and like gives them a reason to like him which i feel like is not something he really does in most of the other movies it's usually just him cleaning up messes made by his villains which i guess is what happened here too but riddler ultimately was like trying to attack the city and not just batman so so yeah it was nice to see him help uh paul dano's riddler was pretty good I'm not, like, the biggest fan of, like, the Zodiac Killer Riddler, and, uh, I made a stupid tweet about this, but I, I did really want him to say, uh, hi diddle diddle, time for a riddle, because my favorite version of the Riddler is the one from the Arkham games, and that's one of my favorite things that he would say whenever you, like, get to one of his clues, uh, and so I was, like, hoping every time he talked that that would come out of his mouth but nope it didn't um colin farrell as penguin really fun one of the better characters in the whole fucking uh movie it's really funny his like voice he uses and like that level of energy he puts into it it's like almost at like john leguizamo as the violator levels uh which is to say very good um there's gonna be a tv show 
like a six episode penguin show with Colin Farrell. So that's fun. It's cool that they're doing that. Uh, Jeffrey Wright was a great Jim Gordon. Uh, I liked him a lot. Him and the way him and uh, Batman worked together was cool. Zoe Kravitz was good. I'm not as like crazy about her as a lot of other people are, but I think it's just because like Zoe Kravitz is one of those people who are just, she's so pretty that it's boring <laughs> to me. Um, you're just like, I don't know. Uh, but she is good in this, and I like the way they used uh, her Catwoman as the foil to this Bruce. I'm putting too many words. Um, but yeah, overall, it's like a solid four-star movie. The final action set piece leaves a little to be desired, but it's still good. Uh, so yeah, I liked it. Part of me kind of wants to go watch it again. I could probably just wait, but who knows, maybe if one of these days where we're not doing anything in the middle of the day, which is most days, I'll go see a matinee or something. Uh... All right, and the next movie, big, big shift here, uh, going back to following the Action Boys list, I uh, watched Stop or My Mom Will Shoot from 1992 with Sylvester Stallone uh, and Estelle Getty, and it's not a great movie, but it's like cute and charming, and I enjoyed it. I'm like, I like that this movie exists. I'm glad, apparently this story is, uh, this is like, at the time when, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's star was on the rise and, like, Stallone's was going down and Schwarzenegger, like, pretended that he was gonna make this movie in order to make Stallone interested in it. So Stallone got tricked into making it. And I'm glad he did. It's fun. It's, like, his performance, like, you can tell he's, like, kind of putting something into the performance here. Uh-huh. I liked him and Estelle Getty's, like, back and forth, like, horrible mother-son relationship. They should have, like, leaned a little bit more into the the action movie aspect of it to make the mom stuff more ridiculous but whatever we did get stallone driving a big rig to try and stop a plane and then a plane's propeller like ripping apart the engine of the big rig that was pretty sweet you know i love my big rig uh semi truck stunts uh so yeah i don't know three and a half stars i enjoyed it uh and then next up i watched toy soldiers from 1991 with sean astin and lewis gossett jr uh and this was, like, pretty fucking solid. I enjoyed it. I thought the premise was gonna, like, not be handled as well and be a little silly because it's about, like, this, like, drug smuggler. Oh, like, this guy, a cartel leader, his son. Um, The cartel leader has been captured, and so his son wants him to be released, so he decides to go to America and, like, hold ransom, like, the kid of, like, the prosecuting attorney or the judge or something. But that kid gets moved to protective custody, but he still, like, takes over this school for boys. It's, like, a prep school where Louis Gossett Jr. is the dean, and, like, Sean Astin is, like, our main plucky kid. And then, like, most of the movie is just them, like being in control of the school while, like, Sean Astin and his friends, like, try to develop a plan to, like, save everyone while, like, communicating with Louis Gossett Jr. on the outside, uh, for their plan. Yeah, so it's just, like, handled well. You got some good performances. It's, like, interesting throughout. Uh, fucking four stars. It's a good movie. It's on Tubi if you want to watch it for free. (laughs) And then, uh, next up, watched Missing in Action with, uh, Chuck Norris. Uh, it's a canon movie, so, you know, we're gonna have some fun here. Though, since it's a Chuck Norris movie, we're not having too much fun. He's so fucking boring, man. He's just, like, a bearded piece of wood. <laughs> he's just, he's not fun to watch. He's, he moves well, some of the action. So, this movie is about, like, Chuck Norris was in Vietnam. He was held prisoner. He got out. He's been, he's back in America. It's been a few years after the war. He is convinced that there's still... American soldiers being held captive in Vietnam, and apparently, I 
know this was like a real issue people were worried about. I don't know exactly how much of it was true. I had to look up the fucking history for this one. So like Chuck Norris has been like advocating for helping these people on the like news circuit but then he eventually gets fed up and decides to go there and like carries out this secret mission to uh rescue some american soldiers and he does and whatever it kind of takes a while it meanders but there's some good there's action stuff there's some cool explosions they like blow up full buildings and shit yeah that's cool uh but two and a half stars for this um and then next up i watched 1989's next of kin uh and i really i wasn't expecting from like the poster and like the premise i wasn't expecting to enjoy this that much but i really got into this movie (laughs) it's fucking uh it's a good time so patrick swayze plays a chicago detective who grew up in kentucky he's a hick and apparently this is like some weird side of chicago where the like kentucky hicks like he's like a special like hick detective and like is they usually call him whenever hicks come into town to like cause some trouble and so it's about patrick swayze and then his two brothers his younger brother played by bill paxton and his older brother played by liam neeson uh so paxton is like driving trucks for this vending machine company and this the mob uh wants to take over this vending machine company and i'm not sure exactly why but they decide to kill paxton and the people who kill paxton it's uh adam baldwin uh and uh ben stiller ben stiller plays like the son of the like main mob guy and he's just moving to town he wants to get in on the business and adam baldwin's like upset because like he's been working for him and he's like worked his way up so we got some drama with the mob side but anyways they kill paxton and patrick swayze has to bring the body back to his hometown to bury it where his older brother liam neeson uh is like upset and he wants like some country justice for this matter but patrick swayze is trying to insist that he uh does it the right way because he knows that if his brother tries to go against the mob he'll probably get killed and then yeah that's like most of the movie is this like back and forth cat and mouse with the mobsters and trying to figure out who actually like pulled the trigger and all that and oh it's just a fucking good time i was invested uh the whole way through uh there's some good performances there's a good like brother bonding moment like in a car with patrick swayze and liam neeson you get some like good like genuine smiles out of liam neeson that feel really good i don't know it's just a it's a solid movie and then we get like a final battle between like hicks and mafia guys in a cemetery which is like a little sillier than it should have been for the movie or maybe it should have been like a little more brutal but i think it still worked so yeah i i give next to ken four stars it's a good time this is also a movie that i watched i had to watch it on one of those one two three movies sites and instead of doing it on my laptop or like trying to like stream it to like on the computer on my tv's browser i just watched it on my tablet that i used to read my comics on and i actually really enjoyed that watching experience i don't know if it's because like i could lay down still and since i'm like having to hold the tablet it like keeps me engaged in it like means i don't have like free hands to like look at my phone throughout the whole movie and get distracted so i don't know i'm gonna be i'm definitely gonna be watching (laughs) uh more movies on my tablet which uh feels really dumb when i have a 60 inch tv but it's it's an enjoyable watching experience especially if i have to use one of those sites okay uh and then i watched mad max the original 1979 one uh this one actually is not on the action boys list but they're gonna be watching or i'm gonna have to watch mad max 2 soon so i felt like i should watch this one first and um it's pretty cool it's not amazing uh i think it's more 
cool for like how they made it and what they did than like the actual contents of the movie, you know? Like all the car crashes are fucking sweet and the fact that they had to do them in one take is amazing. Like they did most of this like guerrilla filmmaking, you know? Not a lot of permits and shit. And it's interesting like how this is isn't as dystopian as I thought it was going to be. Because, you know, I've seen Fury Road and I know, like, some things about Mad Max 2 from pop culture. So I wasn't expecting there to still be, like, mostly a normal society in this. There's also not as much Max as I was expecting. We really spend a lot of time with uh, the bad guys and, like, Max's partner um, and not so much with him. Bad Guy Gang was cool and it's cool that the lead guy, Toe Cutter, went on to be a Morton Joe in uh, Fury Road. That's fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a solid movie. It does a good job with, like, the implied violence. Like, we don't actually see Max's wife and child die, you know? Just him, like, running up to their bodies, like, in the far distance on the street. It's very effective. Uh, but yeah, three stars for Mad Max. It, it's, uh, I'm excited to see, to watch Mad Max 2 and see if I feel differently about it. But that's gonna be, like, next week or the week after that we'll see how fucking far i get in the list oh there was a good line in mad max that i really like because i've been trying to use movie quotes for the titles of every episode of the podcast because i don't have any other ideas right now for how to format it and the only quote that like i wrote down this week is the uh the mechanic who like built the interceptor that becomes mad max his like main badass car the way he describes her is She's meanness put to music, and the bitch is born to run, which is which is great. It's a fantastic line. Uh, so anyways, next movie, Desperado from 1995 by uh, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, and this movie's cool as shit. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, Antonio, Antonio Banderas is badass uh, in his part. Selma Hayek is, like, one of the hottest people to ever exist. Uh, it's a shame that filming her sex scene was as traumatic as it was for her, as I read in the IMDb, but, um, everything outside of the sex scene, she's really fun and good in this. Steve Buscemi, though, I think steals the movie, like, the whole opening sequence where he walks into the bar and, like, talks to Cheech Marin and, like, tells his story, um, that was probably, like, my favorite part of the movie, he just, Buscemi is just great, he's always great. Did not like so much Quentin Tarantino's uh, part where he goes into the bar later and tells Cheech a fucking stupid joke. Uh, but whatever. It's kind of fun to see him in there. Uh, Danny Trejo's character was sick. Didn't say a word. Just throw those through those badass fucking uh, throwing knives and everything. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, the story is whatever. Classic revenge story. But, like, you know, there's a lot of fucking sweet action and gunfights. Apparently they just used, like, the same two stuntmen over and over, which I couldn't even tell. I wasn't paying enough attention, I guess, but they did a great job with that. And that giant fucking explosion behind Antonio Banderas and uh, Selma Hayek was sick. Even though it was just, like, two grenades. So I, I don't think that's what it would have been like, but I'm glad that they went that hard with it. Uh, so yeah, it's a fucking, it's a sick movie and a fun time. Four stars. Uh, and then next up, Patriot Games. 1992 with Harrison Ford, another uh, Jack Ryan um, movie. I always get it mixed up with Reacher, Jack Reacher, which I need to watch that show. I need to give that a shot. But anyways, Patriot Games. Uh, it was fine. I wanted to like this more after how much I liked Hunt for Red October. 
and it's still interesting. It's like it's still a pretty solid um, like thriller and drama, but I don't know, just wasn't as invested in it. So like Harrison Ford, he's in England with his family, and he ends up getting mixed up in like stopping a Irish extremist group from like killing some fucking lord and lady of Ireland or maybe England. I don't fucking know. And Sean Bean is one of the people and so Harrison Ford ends up killing Sean Bean's brother so the whole rest of the movie is just Sean Bean trying to get revenge on Harrison Ford and then Harrison Ford trying to get out of it uh but yeah I don't know there's some good action uh sequences and there's some good like doing the Jack Ryan like using his CIA contacts and using the satellites to try and figure out which camp in North Africa they're all at and like trying to order a hit to like stop them you know uh that stuff's pretty interesting but like the whole like middle it just felt kind of more like meandering and a little muddled and just kind of boring and it just wasn't wasn't as good as I wanted it to be but it's still a fine time the whole like last sequence like the whole like the house invasion to the boat thing was pretty cool um we all know that Sean Bean dies in every movie so it's not a big thing to say that he dies in this but his death was like pretty fucking spectacular at the end getting impaled on a boat anchor and then exploding it's pretty sweet but yeah just a 3.5 stars for uh patriot games we'll see i'm gonna watch clear and present danger um at some point so maybe that one will be more to my speed fingers crossed and then our last movie of the week watched the lost boys from 1987 with uh cory haim and cory feldman and Kiefer sutherland and uh a really buff guy playing the saxophone at one point um and this was fine this isn't for me it's fun i think i get why this was like I feel like this is like one of those movies that's like kind of a cultural phenomenon. Like there are people who like really like this movie, but I don't know. I feel like this is a movie my sister would like. Yeah, I don't know if you still listen to this, Scarlet, but you tell me. This feels like the kind of movie, maybe I'm wrong. The 80s just don't hit for me like they do with uh, a lot of people, it seems. Like it's cool, but it's just all very corny. And like the whole movie just felt kind of like loose. I didn't really, really feel compelled by any of it. And, like, the vampire stuff is kind of fun. Uh, The whole, like, thing with, like, Corey Haim and, like, Corey Feldman and, like, the two comic book dorks who were, like, vampire hunters, like, just felt silly. The whole time I couldn't tell, like, if they were going to be played for jokes or if they were serious about hunting vampires. But they, like, I thought that we were going to, like, build up to them acting all badass when it gets to like actually fighting vampires they would check it out but no like cory feldman like straight up stabs alex winters in the chest <laughs> with a stake um with like no hesitation so they have some funny like comic book like back and forth when they first moved to this fake version of santa clarita uh or santa what is it santa santa carla in the movie santa clara is the real one right up by the bay area i don't know um but yeah, they're, like, in the comic book shop, and Corey Haim has to, like, spout off some, like, real cringy, like, comic book nerd knowledge to try and show Corey Feldman and the other kid that he's, like, serious. So, yeah, I don't know. It's cute. It's corny. It's kind of fun. Uh, three stars for me. There's a dog in this movie named Nanook, and that's the name of, it was the name of the dog that my friends, the Metcalfs, had and i'm pretty sure they told me at some point that that dog was named after the dog in the lost boys that feels like something that family would do i could be wrong though so dane or thomas if you're listening you can let me know and uh with that i think we're done for this week um you know i've been 
Burton Olivier, at Burtzor on everything. If you have any questions, comments, recommendations, um, send out some good vibes for me for this uh, library test, even though by the time you listen to this, I will have already taken it. Uh, but yeah, it's time I disappear.